Transitions are exhausting. So many things change, you end up feeling lost. You can find yourself questioning your relevance and even your worth. Whether you're gaining a new surname or going to a new situation, there are two things I want you to know. First, your roles in life will change, but your purpose is eternal. Second, God has a plan for your life and the enemy has a plot against that plan. I'm Sherry Fletcher, and this is Your Spiritual Game Plan, the podcast for those in a season of transition. And I'm so glad you're here. Stick around and let's work on a spiritual game plan together. Today, I'm excited to have Lori Margot back on the show. Lori teaches women to notice God in the details of their lives so their faith is strengthened. She is a speaker and writer who shares her own stories of seeing the surprising presence of God during uncertain times and equips women to track the threads of his faithfulness and trust him in their own journey. Lori and her husband live in the central coast of California and have three kids. Lori loves long walks on the beach, going to the movies, and peanut butter, my kind of gal. I have asked Lori to come back on the show to talk about her amazing course, Tracking God. She is going to tell us how we can train our focus and awareness to the one who truly loves to participate in our lives. I am excited today to have my friend Lori Margo joining me. She actually lives in a town where I went to high school. So Lori, how are you? I'm good and so happy to be here. So what town are you in where I went to high school? (laughs) So I'm in California on the Central Coast, and it's Watsonville, which is a little suburb of Santa Cruz, and we're near Monterey, Carmel, all of that beautiful area. It is beautiful. I I enjoyed going to high school there. I will not (laughs) lie. It was was quite nice. (laughs) Oh, yes. Um, So we actually met... um, through Kathy Lip, We worked together um, in some ministries there, but since then, that was a couple years ago. Since then, we have, be a, we have been able to work together on a couple projects, masterminds, and just been able to grow in friendship. And so I'm excited to have you on the show today. Mm-hmm. And this is the second time that you've mm-hmm. been with me. So mm-hmm. welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Repeat, friend. I would <laughs> love it if you would tell my guests a little bit about yourself and what's, what is currently going on in your ministry. Yes. So I, I'm married. I have three kids, um, two young adult kids. And my youngest is a sophomore in high school. And, you know, God is so good. He's so faithful Um, through a lot of different pivoting and transitions in my own life. I'm a former sixth grade teacher, vice principal, homeschool mom. (laughs) You know, I got to that point where like, okay, I put put my youngest daughter in school and had some more margin in my life. And I had always felt called to speak and write. But when you're in education and homeschooling, that's hard to find that time. And and God, just through a series of events and his amazing direction in my life, led me to start blogging and speaking and writing and, and, and led me just so graciously to what I call tracking God. And it's leading small groups of women, coaching groups, and I have a couple courses designed around it, but really just, you know, how to practice the presence of God in your life and notice God at work in your life. And, and I call it tracking God. 
And it's been an amazing journey to get to that point. And I've been honored to watch some of that journey and it's been yeah. very fun and very exciting. That's why I'm talking with you today because we need to get that out there so others can experience it. It's exciting. So when you were on the show last time, I know I asked you this question, but I love to see if it has changed or how it has progressed. Looking back in your life, how far back can you go and see the very purpose you're living out today and who you have always been? <laughs> That's easy. I mean, definitely <laughs> for sure. Mid nineties. Um, I was praying and I call it the answer I desperately wanted. And God had my husband and I in a long season of waiting. And it was an eight plus years of waiting for this answer I desperately wanted and trying to figure out, God, what are you doing in my life? And I got so emotionally depleted and defeated, all of those words. I had this moment, it was a January, and I just said, God, I can't go on. I feel absolutely crazy. I, I'm surrendering. I'm giving this over to you. And I named that year my year of faith. And I bought a little journal. <laughs> the first page of it says, my year of faith. And I just purposed that year, God, I, I'm going to look for you. And I didn't call it tracking God at that time, but I was so desperate to grow in my faith. Here I was raised in the church. I loved God with my whole heart and I was struggling so much. Like it, it, that wasn't adding up to me. There should be some victory in this journey. And that year began just anything, verses on faith, quotes on faith, what God was doing in my life. And I wrote it down just in quick sentences. And that year, God did, it was amazing miracles. He answered that prayer, that answer I desperately wanted, and not in the way I thought he was. He did it his way, his timing. And it was a profound miracle in my life. And, and my faith grew. And, and more than that, that whole year was about, God, I will do it your way. If you choose to answer this, great. If not, I choose to trust you anyway. You know, I surrender. And there's such freedom in surrender. And everything changed for me, even that first week of starting my year of faith. Yet my circumstances were all the same. But my attitude and where I was looking and placing my attention, my desire was just, God, more of you. I'll go wherever you lead me if you'll go with me. So that truly was my unofficial start of tracking God. <laughs> I love that. And that question, it actually ties in perfectly with why you're here today, because looking back, it helps us, like you said, track where God has been with us. And like you mentioned earlier, it helps others track God too. And that's important um, for us to be able to, when we track God in our lives, when someone else needs help, we're able to say, this is you know where God has been for me. Um, where did you come up with that term then tracking God? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the official start of tracking God would have been just a couple years ago. Um, my dad, he was a bit older. He was early nineties, but he had lived just, he had such a will to live and such a zest for life, but he had struggled with a few cancer diagnoses and different things like that. And and we had been told he, he had cancer near his kidney and they'd already removed one kidney. So they couldn't take the other, you know, these decisions, do we put them on dialysis? What do we do? So all this hard stuff was coming and, and we, you know, through a long period of talking about it as a family, we decided he wouldn't, wouldn't understand. He was starting to suffer a bit with dementia and 
going to dialysis every day for hours. That would have just been torture. So, and we thought, you know, he has such a will to live. The doctor was saying maybe three more months with him. We thought he'll be here a year. We just know my dad. And about six months into this journey, he took a turn for the worse and, and we started losing him and, and he ended up passing away. And I kept telling everybody, oh yeah, God has really been with me. God is, I can really see God in this. And then I got mad. <laughs> I said, you know what? Have you really been with me, God? I feel like I'm saying this Christian pat answer to make everybody else feel okay. Like I'm supposed to say this, but have I really seen you in this? Are you with me? And I sat down with a piece of scratch paper and I did just a whole brain dump of where I had seen God in the journey of losing my dad um, and then planning his funeral, his memorial service and all of that. And I came up with 33 ways I could say God was with me. And just at that time, it was like, I said, God, I need to track you in this because I'm sad. I, yeah, he's older, but it's such a loss. Um, you know, I'm struggling. And so I just wanted, where are you? And so that's why I just said, I'm going to track you in this God. I, I'm tracking God and 33 ways that I could say, yeah, God was with me. God mm. was with me. It's not just my Christian cliche. He was with me and I have the evidence to prove it. Do you have some of those 33 ways available that you can share? Yeah, I absolutely. I mean, even off the top of my head, I can just say for one, these are the type. Okay. So tracking God, it's taking notes on where you see God working. Mm -hmm. And one just really significant one was my brother did not live locally. And when we got the first news, we knew my dad was not going to be with us much longer. He came and he stayed. It was a nine day journey from that first, like, this is not going to go well to my dad's memorial service. I had nine days with my brother. We have not had that kind of time for decades. I mean, since we grew up living together. And so that's the thing I wrote down, just, God, I see you just that time with, with my brother. Another thing was my youngest daughter, Olivia, was going to science camp. And so I dropped her off at school that morning. And then I was going to go home and pack a suitcase and start staying at my dad's house just to kind of help my brother out through the nights more and all of that. And I had this urgency, like, just get there. You need to just get there. So I didn't go home, get a suitcase or anything like that. I just got to my dad's house. My brother, Doug, and I were there for about 10 minutes. We were on either side of my dad. He was in a hospital bed in his family room. And we were there next to him as he took his last breath. And I just thought, God, thank you. I know it's so hard. That's tragic, but it's a, there's beauty in that tragedy. And I was so thankful to be there holding my dad's hand, holding my brother's hand. You know, just, we were there together and, um, you know, just one more. And again, these are just things that might not matter to anybody else, but it was God personally taking care of me. Um, my son, Corey played football down in Southern California and when you play football, you can't just miss a game or practice. You jeopardize your position. And the week that we wanted to have my dad's service, my, all of our family could be in town that weekend. And I, Corey would have come no matter what. But they just so happened to have what they call a bye week. There was no game. There was no practice. 
So he could easily come and be there for my dad's service without suffering that consequence. I mean, that's, it's a little thing, but that's the type mm-hmm. of things I have on those 33 ways. And, and the last one I'll share, my dad passed away like the beginning of October. And at the end of October, I was speaking at a small ladies retreat. And I was, I was sharing the story, the 33 ways I tracked God. And, and we were, we tie it in with the story of Hagar and how God sees her in Genesis 16 by the spring in the wilderness. And he calls her by name. And I'm sharing that story of how Hagar says, you are the God who sees me. This is Genesis 16, 13. You know, I have now seen the one who sees me and tracking God is me telling God, I know you see me. And I want you to know, I see you and and writing down these 33 ways. It's my worship to him saying, I see you in this. And as I was sharing that at that retreat, you know, I'm looking out this window and we're by a lake and I'm just thinking, here I am sharing. I'm able to process this even more with this beautiful group of women by my own spring in the middle of a wilderness time in my life. And, and that's number 33, <laughs> oh, my 33 ways of tracking God. And um, yeah, I mean, I could go on, but those yeah. are some of the, the key ones that come to mind. Absolutely. Well, you know, we're doing this audio, but you and I can see each other and uh, your face is radiant. <laughs> it's beaming. And, Aww. you know, tracking God and being able to look back, it, it helps grow our faith. So it's obvious by your radiance, how has that looked like in your own life? Well, and again, this informally started for me because I was that good Christian girl. I loved God with all my heart and I was struggling so much in my faith and I was just desperate for him and I didn't want to stay just struggling. I, I had served God too long because still life's hard. And I, this is one thing I say all the time is life is hard and God is incredible. So tracking God bridges that. And, you know, it's like a train track life coming at you. You'll hear something good at the same time you get this hard news and tracking God just helps with my thoughts. It manages Mm -hmm. my thoughts toward faith. It helps with my focus and it grows my faith. And it's a lifeline for me to not fall back into what I know I can do. And that's to be an emotional mess. And all of this documenting, just these quick glimpses of God in the journey. Well, this is another way I say it is document your faith and watch God surprise you. And he's so faithful with that every single time, every page I start of tracking God in a specific thing these little notes, this little bit of documenting that I start, I have, it adds up to these aha moments. And this time of me saying, God, you're doing a profound thing in my life, whether it's the miracle I'm hoping for or not, he gives me more of him in the journey. And again, if he'll go with me, I'll, I'll go wherever he leads. He can take, it's like that verse in James one, two, where it says, count it all joy. You know, when you face those various trials, <laughs> counting it, that word count, that's tracking God. That's a very practical way to count it all joy. I'm going to track God in this so that I can see him in the midst of what I'm going through. 
Yeah, you you named Hagar. Were there other stories in scripture that um, of tracking God that that stood out to you? Well, that's my keystone story for sure, because I can just relate to her like, God, where are you? And, you know, that she names him El Rai, the God who sees me. But my current just favorite, favorite book of the Bible to land in is the book of Habakkuk. I relate to him so much. He starts the book just asking God questions, you know, like, where are you, God? Do you see what's going on? For one thing, I, I just feel like it gives us permission to say, God, where are you in this? This is hard. And then God right away starts answering and he, he starts giving Hagar the vision. And in chapter two, or Hagar, Habakkuk, the vision. In chapter two, Habakkuk says, I will station myself on the ramparts. I will watch. I will look to see what God will do. And, and God had said to him, I think this is um, Habakkuk 1.5. He just says, look, observe, wonder, be astonished. I am doing something. And then the last chapter of Habakkuk, it's just all praise and thanksgiving and you know, it's Habakkuk saying, you know, I see you in this God. And so he positions himself to see God. And then God says, write down the vision and, and tracking God. We use, you know, like some gel pens and different things to help us linger in God's presence. And we always talk about Habakkuk where God, I think it's in the, um, the message version where God says, write it out in big block letters, you know, just get it down there. And I said, that's your permission to, to linger on your page and use those gel pens and, and write it in those block letters, the different things that God's saying to you, just like Habakkuk, I will position myself tracking God is stationing yourself to see what God's doing in your life. I like you know, getting in that mindset of, of tracking, because it gets you in the mindset of, you know, actually hearing his voice. That's one thing uh, people say, when you say, I hear from God, well, when you're tracking him, you're actually getting used to hearing his voice. You're looking for ways and you'll start noticing, you're mm -hmm. paying attention. And uh, I have a picture on my phone that I kept because one day when I was having uh, one of those days where you're just, everything's not going right. <laughs> it's not going right. And I'm, I was scrolling through my phone as you were talking, cause I, I thought I kept it in an album. Um, but uh, it's just one of those days you're not going right. And everything is just overwhelming as one more thing just, just makes your chest tight. And you're like, mm -hmm. Ugh. and I'm in this grocery store and uh, I decide, okay, I'm going to use the ladies room. And I go in his stall and on the floor <laughs> is a little card and it says, you're terrific. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just sat there for a minute and I was like, thank you, God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> someone, someone put that card on the floor in the bathroom, but yet did God t tell them to, did, you know, what prompted them to leave that? on the stall that I chose to go into. I just, <laughs> right? I just needed to hear that. <laughs> well, see, and that's something I would put in my tracking God journal, yes. even, the, even this morning. So I started a new journal probably in November. And the first tracking page I started is called tracking God in my um, tracking God, emotional resilience in my life. 
And I don't know why I just, you know, you have these adult kids, they take you places in your emotions, you don't want to go. But I just thought, God, no matter what, they could be going up and down, whatever with their faith and their crazy lives. But I want to stay even emotionally, emotional resilience. And then one thing that, you know, I, I teach women in Tracking God to do is we do like this faith graffiti opening page for every, every topic you're tracking. And from that, keywords emerge, um, lyrics from worship songs. So on that page, I have written vertically all over it. It says, you know, one thing, your love never fails. And that's that, that song, uh, one thing remains, your love never fails. And, you know, this morning, I've had a wonky morning, and we are going through it on a couple fronts in our household right now. And and just, you know, I began praying for our time together, Sherry, and, and like, God, you know, I'm a bit fragile <laughs> in my emotions and my faith. And, and I just, you know, gave the day to him. I was praying all of that. And then, you know, you got to turn on Pandora to kind of get in the zone here for this podcast interview. <laughs> and the first song that comes on is One Thing Remains. You know, yeah. his love never fails. And so this is tracking God. It's like, and, and I'm going to write that in my journal, but even if I don't get to my journal, I stopped. And it's like, I say, God, I see what you just did there. You're, tell, you're, you're personally telling me, Lori, life is hard and I'm still here. And that little connection that you put in your journal back in November, let me just remind you one thing, my love never fails. So that, I mean, that's tracking God. It's, it's, grabbing those moments of, I see what you just did there, God, you're so close, your presence is with me. And when I pause and make that room, make that space for it, you're so faithful. So faithful. That's beautiful. I love that. And it's so true. He doesn't leave us. And we just, if we pay attention, he's so right there to show us, we just get so busy and we expect these big, you know, big, events to occur but it's these little, little tiny little tiny things sometimes it's just a little car yeah. on the floor in the bathroom you're right <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so you know when I'm going through a transition um it's easy for me to just start questioning my relevance because when you know when you're in a position that is keeping you busy and people are needing you and you feel important you feel needed and then that leaves, it's mm -hmm. easy to start thinking, wait, I, I'm not even relevant. And how important would it be then for me to be able to stop and look back on something I'd already kept tracking? Like, okay, right now I'm, I've just lost a role, a position, um, you know, something that was special to me. Uh, my kids left for college. I'm no mm -hmm. longer the soccer mom. I'm, or I'm not teaching that class anymore. Um, things that gave me validation at this moment, I might have a moment of a season of rest or waiting, and I just don't feel relevant. How would then having these journals or having these things that I've been tracking, help me remember that even though my role has changed, I'm still valid. I'm still, you know, relevant in God's eyes. Oh, it would give such direction and hope. I mean, for one thing, I do a whole training in my course on how I keep a table of contents <laughs> because half the time, you know, you're journaling and then you can never find it again. So if you're in a season of transition, just even going back to a page and looking what God 
that's how my faith grows is remembering what God did in this situation. He's going to be faithful in this situation. And, you know, I did a big pivot probably two years ago and I thought God was leading me a certain way in ministry. Again, more margin in my life. Here I go. This is what we're doing. God, come on. (laughs) And I, man, I had such a business failure in a moment of just being stopped dead in my tracks and I tracked God through that. I, I can turn to it, you know, I can grab that journal, even turn to it right now. And just, it has the depths of despair. <laughs> it has me letting go of what I thought the plan was. And out of that, God led me to tracking God. And I've had such joy and richness in ministry that I didn't see coming. But I took these notes on, yeah, this is hard. This is not, this is not what I thought, God. And then here we are, and he's just growing me and helping me to help others be aware of his presence in their life. And so I have those notes on that. And so, yeah, direction and hope and tracking God just, it creates a space in your heart, in your mind, and on paper, (laughs) frankly, on paper to see God at work. And I think it would be so beneficial for someone in one of those transitions of life, for sure. So I know for me, I have like moments when I'm great at journaling. Mm -hmm. I have, you know, I can journal, journal, journal. And then there's times when I am not that great at journaling. So if someone doesn't consider themselves a journal, what are some other ways then that they could track God? Well, you know, I'll just, let me start with, I don't consider myself a journaler. I have some women in my tracking God groups who they are definitely processors on paper. That's not me. I'm the quick sentences and notes, and I don't write in it every day. So that's me. But other things that I do, one of the most effective things I do, and when I speak at women's groups, I always bring it with me and they just kind of gasp and then laugh. I have this waterlogged old notebook that's always on my bathroom sink. It gets wetter and wetter each day because it just stays there. But as I'm blow drying my hair, that seems to be a key time for me and God. And I'm reminded of something as I'm thinking over different things. I will will write it down there with the thought that, oh, I'm going to put this in my tracking God journal. Sometimes it makes it there and sometimes it doesn't. But I've still paused and had this moment of, God, I don't want to let this go by without saying, I see what you did there. And sometimes that's all it is. Sometimes it's, I'm just pausing and noticing God and just my eyes will even look upward and say, God, you're here. I see it. Um, I also, some women will have, you know, I have the calendar next on the other side of my bathroom sink hanging up. You could even write a, write a thing each day of, you know, where you saw God at the end of the day, just one sentence or on your uh, notes app in your phone, or, I mean, it's more than anything, it's a mindset of awareness. And so however you can walk forward with that, but just for a lot of women, just the phrase tracking God alone flips a switch in their mind. And that in and of itself causes a new awareness as they go through their day. I know for me, I, um, like me just snapping that picture and having a little album yeah. name, named on my phone. 
yeah you know tracking god album or something and snap a picture of something that i saw or that reminded me because i'm a visual but maybe maybe that waterlogged album or journal by your sink <laughs> is your tracking god journal now i think yeah exactly <laughs> so is this um tracking god kind of just uh keeping a gratitude list then is this just more of a gratitude of you know an attitude of gratitude type of thing or that's such a hot button question. So I also have two groups. Um, we call them tracking God masterminds and it, it's like a mentorship or a small group coaching. So we talk about this question every couple of months, um, because it's hard to distinguish at first, but it's not, it's not a gratitude journal. There's such a place for that. But for me in my experience in my life, that was a very surface thing where it was, I was almost forcing myself each day to write something down. And then it got super random, like, um, thankful the sun is shining today. Uh, you know, you get your kids listed and your family and all that. Yeah. Whereas tracking God, we get very specific. Um, like I've had several cancer diagnoses. So I will start a page tracking God through cancer. I'm not, I'm going to be grateful in that journey, but I am I need you, God, I need to see you in this. And, and so it's looking for those connections of walking through a difficult season and seeing God. So I, I would just say it, it's, it's not a random make a gratitude list. It's God, I need your presence. I need your presence or I'm not going to make it. You know, and of course I have a tracking page for each of my kids and God, I need your presence or I'm not going to make it, <laughs> you know, so there's gratitude involved, but it's definitely, it, it's more connections of yeah. seeing the presence of God in your life. It seems like it's, it's real and raw. It's not just a, yes. Yes. I mean, gratitude is real and we need gratitude, but this is being very open and real with God. Yes. Yeah. This is awesome. So how would a person who's trying to then develop, um, you know, a real serious game plan just okay god i need a game plan for my life i've got the enemy attacking me at all directions i just feel overwhelmed um i can barely get through just one more day and and tracking god just kind of seems like something extra and something else to do <laughs> on my to-do list um what would be an easy step to just a simple beginning on tracking god Oh, I'm so glad you asked that the way you did. You set me up perfectly because, and, and I have this as just a download if somebody's interested and it's at lorimargo.com slash join. And I, I even call it kind of like your quick start guide to tracking, <laughs> like fast tracking. And Sherry, that came out of, um, this was mid, earlier in the year, like mid-February, my daughter was moving across the country to South Carolina, her and her new husband. Um, my youngest daughter came down with COVID. Then I got COVID. Then my son, who was in the army, was on high alert for possible deployment to Ukraine. And it all came in the same week. And I'm like, God, I'm going down fast. And I just sat down and thought, if somebody was saying this to me, what would I tell them? How to just get a taste of tracking and how to, how to kind of lift and refocus because all I could see was hit after hit. And I did, a, I, I just turned my thoughts back toward God and Sherry, you were a part of that. 
And I had sent you a Voxer message saying, I'm going down in flames (laughs) because I know you're one person in my life. You, you will ask, how can I pray for you? And I sincerely know that you will pray for me. Mm -hmm. And so you came to mind, like, I'm going to, it's like, I'm going to phone a friend because she will pray for me. Um, And then you came back and you had a scripture verse for me and a couple other things. And all those went in my tracking God journal and God connected a couple dots for me personally with that. And, and if I hadn't paused, I would have just kept wallowing in the hard things. But I paused and said, I know how to do this. I know how to look for God. And I know how to ask for help. And he, he was so faithful. And, and so for me, it just encourages me. It gives me that hope. And to see it written down, it's that hope that God is working out his plan. And he is, he is. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thanks for making me cry. Oh, yay. Um, Always my goal. <laughs> goal succeeded. So you have that download at, Dor- yeah. uh, at lauriemargo.com slash join. Mm-hmm. And of course, those will be linked at the show notes. But um, since this is the end of July, we're going to be starting the fall in about a month or so. Um, I know you offer groups once in a while. Tell us about the groups. And if they join um, on your email list, you'll be kind of keeping them updated. But what are these groups and what do they do? I think probably early September, early fall, I'm going to be um, offering my Tracking God 101 course. (laughs) And it's a four-week course. And it just gives you, if like, if this is, struck a chord in you at all, you would love it. It, it, And it's four weeks. So it's kind of a simple look into it. And, and I talk through how to get started. I recommend some supplies. I have some printables for those who want to just print things out and not go out and buy a journal or anything like that. And it just gives you a taste of tracking. Um, I fill it with inspirational messages from me. I I share probably too much. I share a lot of personal stories. It's just how I do my life. It's the only way I know to do it. Um, So it would be a wonderful step into tracking God to sign up for that course. And again, I believe it'll be early fall that I offer that again. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me and blessing the audience and um, telling us all about tracking God. And I just, yeah. And enjoy your beautiful sunshine out there in Watsonville. <laughs> it's beautiful it. today, for sure. Thank you so much, Sherry. I hope you enjoyed my time with Lori today as we discussed how to connect or reconnect with God in a deeper way and how to grow in our ability to notice God working in our lives. You can learn more about Lori speaking and keep up with her Tracking God courses at lorimargo.com. You can also join her at lauriemargo.com slash join. I am so excited to tell you guys about the month of August. My son is going to be getting married. So I have dedicated the month of August to marriage. And I have a great lineup on this topic. I'm going to be starting off the month with a solo podcast. Well, it's mostly solo, but I do have a surprise pop-in guest. Next, I will have mother-in-law and daughter-in-law co-authors, Barb and Stacey Riach, and they're going to discuss their book, Making Room for Her, and they have wonderful tips to help me prepare to become a mother-in-law. Then I will have guest Bob Lupine from Family Life Today, and he's going to share about his book, Love Like You Mean It, 
we will be discussing the 10 attributes behind that oh-so-famous chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. I'm also excited to have Chris and Jamie Bailey from the Expedition Marriage Podcast. They also are counselors, and they have an amazing Instagram if you want to follow them. They're going to help me uh, discuss and sort through all of the advice that newlyweds are given. So you're not going to want to miss that. And I'm going to wrap up the month with Cynthia Rukti and Becky Melby, who co-authored the book Spouse in the House, Rearranging Our Attitudes and Making Room for Each Other. And even though that book was written in regards to having our spouse come back into the home full-time after retirement, there's a lot to learn from the research that Cynthia and Becky did. And many are saying that they wish they had thought about these things and planned for these things from the beginning of their marriage. So be sure to join me for the next month as I kick off my month of marriage. I'm so excited to welcome my new daughter-in-law.